Take your Bibles this morning, uh, turn to the physician Luke's gospel, uh, Luke's gospel, the uh, first chapter. It's there that we find the uh, narrative uh, of Mary uh, and the Christmas story. Uh, during this uh, season, the first week, we looked at uh, Christmas through the eyes of God. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, we find that story uh, in John. You can find it in all the Gospels, but uh, John specifically looks at Christmas uh, through the eyes uh, of God. Uh, last week, uh, Andy looked at the uh, Christmas through the heart uh, of, 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 Mary, of, of Joseph, Christmas through the heart of Joseph, and mainly you find that uh, in the uh, Gospel of Matthew. Uh, talks a whole lot about uh, both Mary and Joseph. Uh, but gives a whole lot of account from the man's side. But it's in the physician Luke's gospel. It's in Luke's gospel that uh, we see that uh, Luke uh, looks at it from the mind of Mary uh, and lets us know that uh, he has given it more uh, from the woman's uh, account of the gospel. Uh, And so we're going to stand and read that uh, in just a few moments. You know, all of us uh, have our different traditions uh, we have our different stories of Christmas. I, I just wanted to tell uh, a, a, a few of them, uh, and I'm sure this happens probably every Christmas. This little girl, she climbs into Santa's lap. Santa asks the usual, and what do you want for Christmas? And this little child looked up at him, opened up her mouth, and uh, horrified for just a moment. Then she gasped, didn't you get my email, Santa? Two young boys was spending the night uh, at their grandparents' house uh, the week before Christmas. And at bedtime, the two boys knelt uh, beside their beds to say their prayers, and the younger one began praying at the top of his lungs. I mean, he was praying like a preacher. I mean, mean, he was just kind of yelling. He says, I pray for a bicycle. He said, I pray for a PlayStation. His older brother said, what in the world are you doing? Uh, He said, why are you shouting so much? God isn't death. To which the little brother replied, God may not be death, but grandma is. (laughs) He wanted to be sure. He wanted to be sure that grandma knew what what he wanted. A woman takes her 16 year old daughter to the doctor and the doctor says, okay, Miss Jones, what's the problem? The mother says, it's my daughter, Darla. She keeps getting these cravings. She's pretty known weight left and right and is sick most mornings. The doctor gives Darla a good examination, then turns to the mother and says, well, I don't know how to tell you this, but Darla, Darla, your little girl, she's pregnant about four months would be uh, my guess. The mother Of course, you can imagine she's all right. She says, pregnant? She can't be pregnant. She has never, ever been left alone with a man. Have you, Darla? And Darla says, no, mother. I've never even kissed a man. So the doctor walks over to the window, and he just stares out this window. About five minutes pass, and finally the mother says, is there something wrong out there, doctor? And the doctor replies, no, not really. It's just the last time anything like this happened, a star appeared in the east. And there was these three wise men that came over the hill. And I want to be sure that I don't miss it this time. (laughs) You know, Christmas, 
Christmas is. Uh, funny, it's a, it's, a, it's a good time. You know, there are some things that we know about Mary from Luke's gospel. First of all, we know her father's name was Eli. Secondly, she had a sister named Salome. Third, she had a relative named Elizabeth. Fourthly, she is young. Some scholars put her as young as 13 or 14, as old as 17 or 18, so 16 would be a good average. She's young nonetheless. We know that Mary is poor, but we also know that she is a devoted follower of God. And we know at this stage of her life, she is very much in love. She's a teenager in love. And for Mary, the nativity was not a beginning as much as it was going to be a fulfillment of God's promise. For the rest of us, his birth was the beginning of, of, of our salvation. But for Mary, it was going to be a different kind of birth. It was going to be the fulfillment of God's promise. When Mary delivered Jesus, it was the start of her hands-on motherhood, helping prepare Jesus for his earthly ministry. But it was also the realization of God's promise that she will conceive by the Holy Spirit and bear a son. And her job was far from over, but the beginning had ended. She had to give her son to the world because he belonged to the world too, not just her. You know what? It's amazing today, uh, all the things that people believe. And unfortunately, uh, people believe uh, a whole lot of things. I mean, whether uh, it's physical things, spiritual things, physical things. But we need to understand that when it comes to Mary's favor, when it comes to favor in general on one's life, it does not always mean predictability. For in life, I've discovered that there are things that happen. There are sometimes these detours, sometimes roadblocks, some, sometimes stop signs, sometimes caution lights. Sometimes in life we have these uphill climbs and sometimes we hit these curves. There are hills and there are mountaintops, valleys and lowlands. In a real sense, life sometimes has surprises for us all that we would never think or that we would never imagine. And as we journey in life, it, 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 it's good for us to have a, a sound theology. And what I mean by theology is simply in layman terms what it is that you believe and what it is that you think about God when it comes to the concerns or the activity in human affairs. But in particular, your own life. It becomes vital that you have a clear understanding of what you think about God. Because the most powerful tool at your disposal when it comes to making decisions and moving forward in life is not so much what you think about yourself, but it's going to be what you think about God. What you believe about God can shape your thoughts, it can shape your goals, it can shape your dreams, it can shape your desires. What you think about God is bigger than anything you think about yourself, bigger than what you think about your environment, bigger than what you think about your own options. If truth was really told, what you think about God will determine what you think about those options, what it is that you think about yourself. The bigger you think or make God, the more you become aware of your options. 
What you believe about God will help you define everything about your life. And that's exactly what's happening here in this very familiar Christmas story. When we look at Christmas through the mind of Mary, we need to understand that Mary is favored. She's definitely a devoted follower of God, but yet in her mind, she's going through life and she has the biggest surprise of her life that is not only going to change her life, but it's going to change the entire world. So Christmas, Christmas through the mind of Mary. Let's read Luke 1, 26 through 33. Let's stand in honor of God's word. This is the inspired word of God. And this, this word is the power, power to change lives. You all put it on the first service today. I just, uh, I'm proud of you all today. The physician's account, Luke 1, beginning with verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin and spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in and to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and she cast in her mind, she, she cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Let us pray. Father God, this morning we stand in your presence, those of us that can stand. And Lord, today we know that your word is holy, that it is infallible, that it is absolute, that it is a concrete, that it is authoritative, that it gives illumination to the dark. And Lord, for these next few moments, I pray that we would not merely hear some taught study about you, but Lord, rather we would hear a word from you. I pray, Lord, today that your word could go out in such a way that, Lord, if there's a heart here that needs to be changed, that today someone could come to know you as Savior. Lord, today I pray that I decrease so that you can increase. Lord, today we're thankful for this Christmas story. We're thankful for this narrative from Luke. It gives us just a peek into the mind of Mary. And it's in your powerful name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we know here that God sends Gabriel to Mary to share with her that she is going to be the one that is going to give birth to the Savior. So Mary is going to give birth to the Savior. And they enter into this dialogue, and it's while they are in this dialogue that she begins to ponder in her mind. 
she begins to realize in her thoughts that this thing that God is going to perform in her life is beyond the scope of her ability. It's beyond her current condition, which becomes the perfect position for God to move. Think about it. She's never had a neighbor. She's never gone to school with a friend. She's never heard about it in one of the other cities. Nothing like this has ever taken place before. But don't miss this because what God says he's going to do for her is beyond the scope of her current condition, which becomes the perfect position for God to be able to move. Sometimes being in a good position is because you don't have the right condition. Let me say that again. Sometimes being in the perfect position is because you don't have the right position. Let me talk to the real people here this morning. This morning, if you ain't got no money, you ain't got no job. This morning, if you jacked up and you got something going on, that might not be the right position, but you may be in the perfect position for God to be able to move because the Bible tells us with God, nothing is impossible. So the day you can walk around and know that nothing is impossible for Almighty God. You don't have a condition for a blessing until you meet the conditions of Almighty God. Anybody that can make it happen for yourself, you're really not looking for a blessing at all. For somebody in here, that ought to be good news. And so Mary brings this point. Uh, She is unable to do what it is that this angel is saying. So she very quickly realizes that at this phase, this is going to be all about God and nothing about her. So the angel said to Mary, understand that God doing this in your life is nothing to do with you, but everything to do with him, because with God, nothing is impossible. In other words, there is nothing that God cannot do. So God will keep his promise regardless of the things that, that, are, that, that are happening in your life and regardless of what is going to happen in your life. There's nothing that can hinder God from moving on your behalf. In a real sense, we, we never have an issue, we, we never have a problem, we, we never have a circumstance that is so messed up that God cannot move. And here's the catch, it's not enough just to say that, because you can shout on that all day long. It's not enough just to say it. You've got to accept it and then submit to it before it becomes active in your life. I know a whole lot of folks that hear the truth, but they don't allow the truth that they hear to become power in their life. I'm going to park there for a moment. I've parked there two times already today, but I'm going to park there for a moment. There's a lot of people that go to church and they hear truth. And they hear truth, but they don't allow the truth that they hear to become power in their life. You see, you can hear truth all day long. I I don't care how much you hear it. It's when you put that truth into action. When you begin to believe what that truth is. When you begin to be able to call those things that are not as though they are. 
The reason why I talk about shouting on credit and those things, sometimes you may not have the evidence that God is going to do what it is that God's going to do, but you've got to be able to believe that even without having the evidence, God can do what it is that he has said that he can do. You know, that's really one of the most disappointments of the church is we'll have a lot of people today gathered on the Lord's day and they're going to hear a lot of good preaching and a lot of good sermons. But the problem with good preaching and good sermons, it's not enough to hear the truth. You got to allow the truth to become active in your life. You got to accept it. You got to believe it. And then you got to submit to it. And that's exactly what Mary's going to do. I'm sure in the mind of Mary, she's got like a thousand thoughts going through her head. I'm sure she's thinking, I mean, how is this going to be? How how am I going to become pregnant by the way of the Holy Spirit? Never heard of anything like this before. I mean, me and Joseph have have never been together. How how is it that this is going to happen? But she gets to a point, and she's so devoted to God. She has such a relationship with God. She just simply accepts it, submits to it, and believes that it can happen. You see, we've got to realize the key here is not so much what Gabriel says, but it's what Mary says. What Gabriel said is powerful, but it wouldn't have meant anything had Mary not said what she said. And that's that she was going to accept it and believe it. She says, be it unto me. It's possible. I don't know what it is today that you're believing God for. Is we're like eight days away from celebrating Christmas? Is we're like a few Sundays away from entering 2024? I, I, I don't know what you're believing God for today. I, I, I know you may be believing God for healing. You may have a, a financial need. You may have a physical need. You may have a spiritual need. But I want you to know that if you will just simply believe God for it, I believe that God can give it to you. And if you can leave here today knowing that God is a God of the impossibility, that you can have it, that you can become it, that you can achieve it, that you can walk around it, that you can walk in it, God says uh, it can be. It's not because of what you can do, but it's because of what he can do. I believe that a God that will inhabit me so that nothing can inhibit me. I believe that he is Jehovah Jireh. So it is possible to have everything, to have everything that I need provided. I believe that he's Jehovah Rafi. So it's possible for healing to take place. I believe in Jehovah Shalom. So I believe it's possible for me to keep my sanity in a world that's going crazy. I believe in Jehovah Nisi, so it's possible for him to fight my battles. And the last thing the devil wants you to do is to believe it. So Gabriel and Mary and God, they they are in the midst of this plan. They're in the midst of this dialogue. And so today we need to understand some things about God's plan. We need to understand some things about the impossibilities of man, but the possibilities of God. 
And the first thing you need to understand is when God has something to say, you've got to be sure that you're listening. You've got to be sure you're listening. Maxwell stated it best when he said, we can die defending what God has said and we can miss what he's saying. We can speak often of what he has did and miss what he is doing. You can know about church sacraments from the prophets to the priest, but if you miss God speaking to you, you miss it all. People have a tendency to only listen to what it is that they want to listen to. A story is told of a man that apparently he noticed that every time he ate his favorite food, this man's favorite food was chitlins. Every time he ate chitlins, his foot pained him immensely that evening. So the family physician confirmed his suspicion of the pork-induced gout. And when he returned home from the doctor's office, his wife asked him how the appointment had gone. He plopped off his shoes and he replied, the doctor says that I'm going to have gout about three times a week. (laughs) You see, people generally listen to what it is that they want to hear. But when it comes to God, you've got to make sure that you're listening. You can't always be defending and miss what it is that he's saying. There's sometimes that, that we've got to understand that God has something for the here and now. He, he has something for the current moment. God wants to, to speak to your life. He, he, he wants to tell you something now. And had Mary not been listening, she would have never understood what it is that God was going to do. Secondly, man's inability is always superseded by God's natural ability. When man cannot accomplish something, it doesn't mean that God. It doesn't mean that God isn't capable of accomplishing something. When man's hands are tied, it doesn't mean that God's hands are tied. When man's time frame has expired, it doesn't mean that God's time frame has expired. When man's finds himself unable to calculate the ability for miraculous conception to occur, God stands in the wings and says, you don't understand, I'm the God who took absolutely nothing and made everything out of it. You don't think about that for a moment. That God took absolutely nothing and he made everything out of it. I'm going to say this real slow because I know some of us listen real slow. And I've said this before, but I I want you to listen real tentatively. There's a difference between a craftsman and a creator. A carpenter can make a chair out of wood, but he cannot create the wood out of nothing. There's a difference between making something out of something and creating something out of nothing. God stepped from behind the curtain of nowhere onto the platform of nothing and spoke a world into existence. The reason God came from nowhere is because there wasn't anywhere for God to come from. And coming from nowhere, he stood on nothing. And the reason he had to stand on nothing is because there was nowhere and nothing for him to stand on. And standing on nothing, he reached out 
where there was nowhere and caught something when there was nothing to catch. And he hung something on nothing and he told it to stay there. Then standing on nothing, he took the hammer of his own will and struck the anvil of his omnipotence and sparks flew everywhere. He caught their sparks from the tip of his fingers and flung them out into space. And he created the heaven and the stars. Now, I don't know who it was that came up with that paragraph. And I don't know how you heard it today because I, I know some of us here, we're slow and some of us, we're from Polk County. I understand. But I want to break that down to you. That our God is so good. And our God is so unlimited. That God can take absolutely nothing and he can make absolutely everything. And our God is so good. When he comes out from behind the scene, he can stand on nothing. Stand on nothing. You and I got to have something to stand on. God don't even have to have anything to stand on. That's just who he is because God is a God that's unlimited. His ability supersedes our ability. And so when we look at this story of Mary, when we look at this virgin birth scene. We need to understand that with God, truly all things are possible, but you got to be listening. You got to be listening. Church, I, I, I believe this Christmas season, this Christmas year, I believe that God is wanting to speak to his people. I believe that God has something to say. I believe that we have a a reason to, to smile. I, I believe that we have a reason to be glad. I believe today that we ought to have a confidence. We ought to have a little glide in our stride, a, a little pep in our step. I, I, I believe there ought to be something about us that's different than the world to which we live in. Today, I, as a minister of the gospel, I have never seen so much despondency, so much depression, so much discouragement, so much disappointment. And yet you and I have access to the greatest story that's ever told. And we just simply need to believe that. And we need to accept that. And we need to understand that, that God loves us. And this year, we need to have our heads up. We don't need to be having our heads down. We don't need to put our heads in the sand. But we need to lift our heads. The Bible says, lift up your heads because our salvation draws nigh. Friends, we need to understand that God has got something prepared for us. Let me give you this final thought when we look at Christmas through the mind of Mary. First of all, we need to know that God has something to say. So we got to be sure that we're listening. Man's inability always is superseded by God's just natural ability. God is just, just natural, has a supernatural ability. But listen, when man's inability becomes merged with God's divine ability, that's when we see that all things, all things are possible to those that believe. You see, apart from God... 
Apart from God, you and I can do absolutely nothing. I'm faced with a few limitations. Not a few. Probably hundreds. Probably not hundreds, probably thousands. But the moment that God steps into the scene and I become merged with him, there's nothing on earth that's impossible for my life. And I hope you believe this because it's in the word. My inability, when it becomes merged with God's divine inability, makes a new statement. It makes the statement that anything can happen now. Anything can happen. And I hope today you will take from this word that any, any, anything, anything can happen with God. I believe today that God is still healing the sick. I believe today that God is still saving the lost. I believe today that God is, is still on the move, but I, I believe so often we just only hear of the negative things and the bad things and the disappointing things. But I want you to know today that God is still on the throne. Jesus is at the right hand of Almighty God. And he is still moving into the affairs of man. And I, I don't know, and you don't know, about a 16-year-old girl that was in love with her boyfriend. What it would have been like, what would have truly been on her mind when she would have had to realize that she was going to have to give up everything that she had had planned for. And she was going to give birth to the Savior. She was going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And what looked like an impossible situation becomes possible through Almighty God. Let's stand this morning. Let's pray.